Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Understanding Today's Narcissists, where we will explore how you can better relate and manage the narcissist in your life. I am your host, psychotherapist and author, Christine Hammond. Back in 1979, Lenore Walker a concept um, called the cycle of abuse. And if you can imagine for a second a circle where at the top, we'll just use a clock um, for example, where number 12 is the first start of it. And then we have three, um, six, and nine, and then back around to 12 again. The cycle of abuse that they talked about about was um, tension building, then acting out, reconciliation and honeymoon, calm, and then back again to tension building. So that's the cycle of abuse that um, Lenore Walker came up with. When we're talking about narcissists, however, the cycle of abuse is just slightly different. And so I want to talk about that because this is a pattern that I have seen over and over again in counseling situations and with a lot of my clients who deal with narcissists. And one of the big reasons why I want really this to become a clear understanding is because there is a switchback that occurs when a narcissist is in the middle of their abusive cycle. And if you're not paying attention to it, you wind up getting hurt even more, uh, not because of the verbal assaults, but you wind up up getting hurt more because you wind up taking responsibility for things that weren't your um, responsibility. And and that's not a very healthy place to be. Uh, at some point in time, even though a narcissist does do some kind of abusive behavior, they have to be held accountable for their behavior. But that's never going to happen as long as people constantly take responsibility, even for a little itty bitty pieces and parts of what the narcissist is claiming. So let me start again, and, and again, imagine a clock, and so we're gonna start at 12. At 12 o'clock, the very first thing that a narcissist feels is threatened. And then after that, at three o'clock, they will abuse others. At six o'clock, they become the victim, and at nine o'clock, they feel empowered, and then they go back to feeling threatened. And so this is a cycle that goes around and around, just like a clock, over and over again. And a narcissist uses it to a variety of different degrees. And we'll talk about that in a couple of other sessions later. But for right now, I just want to make sure we all really understand what this cycle of abuse actually looks like. So the very first one at 12 o'clock is feeling threatened. So, so something happens for which the narcissist feels threatened in some type of way. Now, remember for a narcissist, they feel a sense of superiority all the time. They feel a sense of um, ideal beauty, love, power, control. Um, these are very important words to them. So if they don't feel that, then that is threatening to them. So it's not threatening as in what what somebody else might think of threatening. You have come up and you have bullied them or yelled in their face. A narcissist really does not see that as being threatening. What they do see as being threatening is a loss of control, a loss of power, a loss of influence, a loss of intelligence, a loss of superiority in some way. That is what feeling threatened is for a narcissist. 
So it could even be um, also rejection. Rejection is big for narcissists. They cannot stand to be rejected. Remember, one of their ultimate fears is to be abandoned or ignored, and so they they don't they avoid that at all costs. So rejection is a big one. Having some type of embarrassment in a social setting that would be horrific for a narcissist. They cannot stand to be embarrassed. Getting some type of level of disapproval at work from somebody that they consider to be important. Now that might not necessarily be an actual boss. Uh, it could be somebody else up the chain of command because a narcissist is very selective about the people that they deem to be worthy of them actually looking up to. It could also be being jealous of somebody else, of somebody else's success, and uh, or it could be as simple as disrespect. So all of those things are are can what cause a narcissist to feel threatened. So the person who's being abused in this situation, if they're aware of the potential threat, and most people who are around the narcissist on a regular basis, if you're married to one, if your parent, if your um, parent is a narcissist, then you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. You almost see it in their eyes. You see the look. You know that you know that, and you know something abusive is about ready to happen because you can sense it before it happens. They've literally conditioned you to see that ahead of time. So as the person who's been abused, you know something's about to happen and you start walking around on eggshells around them. Most narcissists get upset, repeatedly get upset over the same underlying issues, whether it is real or imagined. So so it doesn't even have to be a real thing for a narcissist to feel threatened. And, and that's the key. It doesn't have to be a real threat. It could be something so unbelievably minor, um, and it literally sets them off. They also have a tendency to obsess about threats over and over and over again. They think about them constantly. They can't get them out of their head until they've acted out. So that's at 12 o'clock. Remember, feels threatened. So now we move to 6 o'clock. This is where they start to abuse. So they feel threatened. And so now they're starting to engage in some kind of abusive behavior. And the reason they, they become abusive is because they're angry. They're pissed. They're frustrated. They're upset. They're annoyed. They don't know what to do with that emotion. They don't know what to do with those feelings of insecurity. So they lash out at others very harshly. And this is where they become abusive. The abuse can come in um, several different forms. It could be physical, it could be mental, it could be verbal, could be sexual, could be financial, spiritual, or even emotional. I'm not going to get into the definition of all of those. That will be um, a whole nother session. I will talk actually much more specifics um, in, in one of my future podcasts of every single one of these for you. But for right now, just understand those are the seven major ways that a narcissist actually abuses somebody. Uh, and this, the abuse is usually customized to intimidate the, the person, to intimidate you in an area of weakness, especially if that area is one of strength for the narcissist. So, um, so for instance, if you just lost a job and the narcissist has held a job on for a long time, they'll go after the fact that you're incapable of holding down a job. So that's an area of weakness that may have happened regardless of whether it had anything to do with your performance. It could be that the company was just having massive layoffs and it had nothing to do with you whatsoever. That's irrelevant to a narcissist. Also, a narcissist sometimes uses more than one type of abuse. For instance, a narcissist may begin with a verbal belittling and then and just to kind of wear you down a little bit, and then they will follow by projection of their line about an event. And then um, 
and so so they they escalate so they go from one form of abuse to another form of abuse so one tactic is usually done to wear you down the other one is usually just an all-out frontal attack think of it as like a one-two punch kind of thing where the one punch is not that hard and so you think oh it's not going to be that bad and then pow they really knock you out with the second punch so so that's the concept behind it um, usually, uh, the person who's being abused, if this is you in this case, you, you get tired of it and so you fight back. And, and it isn't a, I'm going to come after you, fight back and hurt you the way you hurt me. It's a defensive fight back, right? Um, so all the defenses start kicking in and you're like, I'm going to defend myself. I'm not going to take their crap any longer and I'm not going to put up with it anymore. So you start fighting back. Well, this is when we start to move to the next phase. So this is at 6 o'clock now. So think at 6 o'clock, the narcissist now becomes the victim. This is when the switchback occurs. And this is what is unique to narcissism. And it is different from other types of personality disorders. The narcissist actually uses the abused behavior as further evidence that they are the ones being abused. So even if you become defensive, even if you um, defend yourself in some way, they then say that you're the one being abusive. And that you are the one that's attacking them. And, and the narcissist actually believes their own twisted victimization by bringing up past defensive behaviors that the abused has done as if the abused initiated the abuse. So it's, it's almost like they say to you, you are the one that are causing all of this problem and you're the one that has done all of this to me and I can't believe that you would treat me so badly and say all of those horrible things to me when you really didn't say anything at all. Um, all you did was defend yourself, but they are projecting their own behavior on to you who is just trying to defend themselves. What winds up happening at that moment is, is you wind up feeling guilty because there's a little teeny tiny kernel of truth in what the narcissist says. Maybe you did come across snarky. Maybe you were kind of like a little over the top slightly, nothing in comparison to the narcissist, mind you. But the narcissist then uses that to their advantage and so you feel remorseful and you feel guilty. And then you accept this twisted perception that the narcissist actually has sold you on. And then you try to rescue the narcissist. And this is the problem. So now the narcissist has become the victim in the situation. Remember, it was the narcissist who felt threatened. It was the narcissist who initiated the abuse. But then when you defended yourself, then the narcissist reacted badly. And then they claim that they're actually the victim. And then you trying to do the right thing by the whole measure and trying to create a peaceful environment, you actually accept responsibility for your little fair share and try to rescue the narcissist. So this may even include giving into whatever they want. Of course, accepting unnecessary responsibility, placating the narcissist in order to keep the peace and agreeing to some of the narcissistic lies, knowingly or unknowingly, all of which will come back to bite you back very badly later if you do this. At the very next step, so now we're moving on to the next step. We're going to think of the clock again. So we're at 9 o'clock, and we're starting to feel empowered. So now the narcissist is like, this is so awesome. You, as the abused person, has actually given in or given up, and now the narcissist feels empowered. They're like, oh, see, I am the victim. See, if I wasn't the victim, then they wouldn't have reacted that way. So now I'm entitled to whatever I want. And this is all the justification that the narcissist needs to reaffirm their rightness or their superiority from when they felt threatened at the very beginning. So 
you, as the abused, has unknowingly fed the narcissistic ego in a very unhealthy way, and you've actually made it stronger and bolder next time. And and that is the key that, that you got to understand. If you don't understand this narcissistic abuse cycle, if you constantly react and fall back into this over and over again, if you accept responsibility, placate to the narcissist, give them what they want, and agree to their lies, you are empowering them to do more, even stronger, the next time. It will not go away. That's a lie that is happening in your head. It may be true for other people, but it is not true for the narcissist. So now here's the thing though, like while the narcissist may feel empowered right now, eventually they'll come right back around to 12 o'clock and they are going to start to feel threatened again. Um, And that is why we wind up with this very bad cycle that goes around over and over again. So The best way to counteract all of this is to begin by coming up with strategies for future confrontations. Use the past confrontations that you've had with the narcissist. Now that you can see it from a better perspective and say, okay, I'm not going to accept responsibility for them. I'm not going to placate. I'm not going to give them what they want. I'm going to see it coming. I'm going to acknowledge it. And I'm not going to defend myself in such a way so as to incite the victimization that the narcissist does. When you do that, the cycle will actually stop. It won't It won't be as impactful. They won't get what they want out of it. And here's the good part about it. Here's, here's the thing. Like narcissists really do learn because they want something. They want more power, more control, more influence. Remember, they want all of these things. So because they want something, once they learn that the narcissistic cycle of abuse doesn't work, they actually stop doing it. And that's the biggest takeaway I want you to have. Thank you for listening to Understanding Today's Narcissist. If you've enjoyed the episode, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes to make sure that you don't miss another one. If you'd like to learn more, you can visit us at growwithchristine.com. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll be back next time with a new episode. Produced by Autovita Studios. Connect your voice to the world. Produced by Autovita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.